Podcast, Cody Mitchell, Connor Holiday here. Here to recap another great weekend in college hoops. God damn, the slate was loaded yet again. I thought we couldn't do outdo ourselves the week before, but we did. Um, we're just, dude, it is February 5th right now. Shit's heating up. The bubble's getting tighter. Some teams are starting to separate themselves from everybody else. Um, I was going to save this to the end because we kind of started earlier than normal. But I think it's time to, and we'll get to the rest of the games, and I want to break the games down before, but I wonder if you're on the same page as me. It's UConn, Purdue, Houston, North Carolina, and then 5 to about 50, you can kind of put in any fucking order you want. I think you're right. I mean, the way UConn looks, looks unstoppable Purdue I mean like we said before their season starts in the tournament and I mean it kind of saw some chinks in armor but I mean they're still have the best player in college basketball I mean that watching UNC this weekend dominant Houston I'm starting to sour on like a little bit that Kansas game was Kind of eye-opening, but yeah, I think we're starting to see the tiers of college basketball come through, and I think he nailed it on the head, or nailed it right, that those are the top four teams. Yeah, and I, I no, never mind. Well, I'll, I'm going to cover that when we get to the Big Ten stuff uh, with the Purdue angle and the Zach Eady stuff. But we'll start with the ACC. Miami gets it done. 82-74 against Virginia Tech. They covered. I didn't bet this game, but I think we both picked Virginia Tech as a lean here. Um, yeah, Miami gets it done. It's a must-needed win. They got a big one tonight yes. against Virginia. Yeah, they're going to the on the road, going to play the Hoos in a giant game, which I don't know if anybody's going to bet it by – by the time you hear this podcast, I laid the points of Virginia. I think I got it at four and a half, though, and it's now up to five and a half. But still, a little worrisome to lay four and a half points against a team that's like 350th in pace. But I still think it's the right side. I couldn't touch it, so hopefully you're right. But speaking of the, of the Virginia Cavaliers, they go on the road to Clemson as four and a half point dogs and get the win outright, sixty six to to sixty five. Virginia, don't look now, is right on the cusp of being an NCAA tournament team, as Clemson's kind of doing what Clemson did last year, and exactly, basically flirting with that bubble. Yeah, I mean, like. Kind of what we saw last year, Virginia. I still won't trust them if they make it into the tournament. I won't. I probably won't have them going past the first round if they somehow creep in. But yeah, Clemson. Ever since that Duke loss, like the odds of them making the playoffs seem to just keep going, or making the tournament just seem to keep going down. Granted, am I mad about it? No, because I called it sort of, kind of called it out last year, and it's coming through again. But I didn't even have any eyes on this game. Uh, trying to remember when this, when was it? Was this early? 
Um, this was uh, now it was two o'clock. So no, I trust me. I had a lot yeah. of eyes on this game because it would. I had a I had Virginia money line in a parlay that eventually crashed towards the end. But like this was a much needed leg, and Virginia was basically in control of this entire game the entire way, and then just kept making stupid mistakes and letting Clemson back in it. But ultimately, they get it done. Um, and moving on, to this game it's probably the story of the day. Like the ACC to me is just like it's. I just don't care. Like it's just such a down conference, and it's so weird. Like you're thirty. I don't like. Clemson and Virginia make it in. Just if you want to give them anything, like just let Duke and UNC be your only tournament teams because they're clearly the two best teams in the conference, in my opinion. Well, but just let it be that. Let there be other teams that are well more deserving than these ACC teams. Well, the NCAA tournament committee is corrupt and they're not going to let any fun teams in, they're going to let shitty. P6 schools in, so like I'm telling you right now, it's Virginia or Clemson could both get in or one of them's getting in. Duke and North Carolina are not going to be the only two ACC schools in. Do they deserve it? Probably not. But that's just kind of how it is. But Drake and Indiana State both can't make it, which is just, it's stupid. But this game didn't even know what happened. NC State, 82. Georgia Tech, 76. Georgia Tech gets the cover. Damon Stoudemire is doing a great job in year one at Georgia Tech, but I did not watch this game. I did not bet on this game. Uh, Georgia Tech was fucking around in this game in the first quarter. I'm pretty or first half. Pretty sure they were up. There was there was one point that I looked up and Georgia Tech was like firmly in control. And yeah, I didn't really have many eyes on it. Neither did I on this one. Covered by half a point. Pitt gets it done against Notre Dame at home, seventy to sixty. They cover that nine and a half point spread. Pitt is going to be a really good NIT team. They're not making the tournament. They're not making any noise in March. But they might fuck around and win the NIT. And that's going to keep Jeff Capel there for one more season somehow. But okay, I, they're not yeah, good. Yeah, did not pay attention to this game whatsoever. But if they play like an average-ass college basketball team, they can get a win. All right, but let's just, we'll, let's just get this over with. North Carolina, 93, Duke, 84. North Carolina covers the four-and-a-half-point spread. Duke, North Carolina's really good, and Duke's not really good. Like, Duke has a seven next to their name. I know they dropped to 11th in the AP poll. But you cannot convince me take the the Duke logo off of the front of the jerseys that Duke is the 11th best team in the country. That I think that's kind of sad. Like you're, they're probably around the twenty-two to twenty-seven range, and I know we talked about a little bit of work today. Like, I love John Shire. John Shire won a national title for Duke at the peak of my fandom of Duke, before it started switching to the one and done bullshit, and then you just couldn't fall in love with the team because the players change every single season. So I have a soft spot in my heart for that. John Shire, Kyle Singler, Nolan Smith team that beat Butler and Gordon Hayward almost makes the half quarter. Like, I'm always going to love them. That was a national title that I claim. But, man, I'm starting to get worried a little bit because as much as the media is going to overrate them, I just really do not think this is a good basketball team. And they have a lot of fucking talent. I think that's kind of the reason why people aren't willing to fully give up on them. Like, you have the talent. It's just not clicking. And I just wonder, like, about Shire. Like, they did the zoom in on uh, during the timeout of him talking to the team. They're like, from him, there's no fire. There's no, like, getting into anybody's ass and, like, telling them, you guys are a lot better than what you're playing. And I understand in today's college sports, it's hard to be like the dictator. That's why Saban left. That's why Coach K left. That's why I don't think Urban Meyer would be as good. Like the dictatorship that college coaches used to be able to run, you can't do it because kids could just leave in the portal. 
And I understand, so that means that you have to be, you have to be different towards these kids, but you gotta be able to get the best out of those kids at the same time, and if you gotta, like, piss some people off, fucking do it. This seems way too talented. Like, we made a big deal about Phil Kowski coming back. Proctor, he was, uh, he had reclassified, so he was gonna have another year. You saw the potential. Roach is back. Everything seemed to be going Duke's way in the offseason. But none of that has came to anything. Like, I was watching this game. You, I never had any doubt that UNC was gonna win this game. No, and I'll be honest with you, like, I'm kind of out on Tyrese Proctor. I don't like him. I think Jeremy Roach and Jerry McCain are better than him. They need to get the majority of the minutes. And this was a problem last season until Proctor kind of took off towards the end. I just, there's something about him, man. Like, he's not like, he's not the ball dominant two guard that you know I hate more than anything in the world. But he's got a little bit of it in him. And when he's having a bad night, and he's 0 for 6 from the field, and he continues to fire instead of making his teammates better. Like, having Tyrese Proctor on the court does not make anybody on Duke better. And I would much rather have... I think Jared McCain is the best guard they have on that team. Now, I I get super cringeworthy when I watch his TikToks and shit like that because he's like a viral TikTok star. I don't know if you've ever seen that. My brother hates him no, so, I so much. He told me... He talked about this kid when he was a junior in high school. But, like, no, the kid's a baller. And the kids are going to be a lottery pick. He was basically what Tyrese Proctor was supposed to be last season and opted to come back for another season. I like Jeremy McCain. I wish John Shire would get him more minutes. Kind of add on this Duke team. Maybe they'll pick it up towards the end of the season. They might do the whole Duke thing where they beat North Carolina in Durham and run the table in the ACC tournament and everybody loves them. If that happens, I will love it because I'll be fading them early in the first and second round. Yeah, and on the flip side, I mean, UNC's just got grown-ass men on that team. I understand we're like, what, year four of Baycott being in college? Five. Or is it year five? It might be four or five. Either one. He's a senior. Either way, like, (laughs) he was pulling Phil Kowski this game. And they just... It's like, I don't know if Luke not making the tournament last year, like, really woke something up in this UNC team. But, I mean, they look so damn good. And they just, they're able to play bully ball. And I just think that that's going to take them so far. I'll tell you what I think was the biggest addition they made in the offseason was getting Cadeau in as a freshman and letting RJ move to his natural position as a two guard. I mean, that's why he's averaging 20 points a game. Like they, And then like getting a guy like Harrison Ingram over from Stanford, a former five-star. Like, dude, this, this Huber Davis team is really, really good. And I hate North Carolina, but this team is... Like, I was kind of... Like, I always hate North Carolina, obviously. But... Yeah. As my my Duke fandom has kind of evaporated a little bit, I still didn't like this team because I, I'm just not a Caleb Love fan. I don't like the way he plays. But getting him away in, like, the perfect separation of all time, like, both parties are happy. Like, dude, I like this North Carolina team. They might – we do this tournament show here in a, the next month or so. Like, they might – we might be fighting when it gets down to the end because I really like this team. That's big of you to say. Let's get how how fitting would it be that both of our rivals end up winning the national championships? That's true. I mean, like, like right now, like I don't give a fuck about Duke, like at all. But it's I used to be a giant Duke fan, and I would watch every fucking game. I would go. Like, I would watch them play Wofford. I would be wearing my Duke shit to school every day. I have 55 fucking Duke basketball shirts. But, like, I just... Gambling's fucked my brain up a little bit. And I just... The mixture of... No, I agree. It's starting to do the same thing to me. 
That's that's literally why I don't bet NFL games. I will. I've not made an NFL money line spread over under bet in four years because I'm afraid that's going to take the one last fandom I have away from me. I just can't do it. The only thing I'll bet is props on games that do not involve my team. But other than that, I have I have no fandom left. I get that. All right, let's move on here. We got a lot of games to cover. So, Wake gets it done at home against Wake uh, against Syracuse. They went ninety nine to seventy. They covered the eight and a half point spread. Jesus, I had no. Idea I did not see that score. They needed that one. Steve Forbes still doing a great job. They're not on the bubble right now, but if they can string together a couple wins here, I think they still have a shot. Um, didn't bet this one either, but Louisville scores a hundred and one points and wins outright as five and a half point dogs against Florida State. Give Kenny Payne another year. Oh, God. Please, just so I can keep betting against them, even though it didn't work this time. Yeah, uh, I guess I need to pick my spots on when to bet against Louisville. They're still fucking bad, but Florida State is just too up and down to be backing them against a bad Louisville team. I still don't care what anybody says. This is a bad fucking Louisville team. Dude, Georgia Tech, or not Georgia Tech, um, Florida State is the the college basketball version of Georgia Tech and football this year, or the Bowling Green, where you just you never know. Yep, you're playing with fire. Yep. every single week. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Nailed it. All right, going to the Big Twelve here. Kansas gets it done against Houston. They went seventy eight to sixty five. They covered the point and a half. They went out right. Easy handicap. We were all over this. Bill Self literally has more Big 12 titles than losses in Fog Allen. I The metrics, to this day, I looked yesterday, on Sunday, on a neutral, Ken Palm would still have Houston as a 10-point favorite on a neutral. And I understand that. I don't I want to dispute that because I really don't know if I'm how in love I am with this Kansas team. But in Fog Allen, there's just some... There's some magic in the air, and that is just such a fucking tough place to play. There was never a question in this game the entire time. I was just basically, this game that I was so excited to watch quickly got moved to a side TV because so I could just score monitor because there was no chance in hell Kansas was going to lose this basketball game. And the public was yeah, that, all over Houston. Go ahead. No, the, I'm just yeah. saying like the public uh, still loved them. My bad, we're getting messed up on the timing. Uh, Yeah, Kansas was in control from start to finish. Kind of like the UNC game, there was never any moment that I thought Kansas was going to like lose this game. Granted, there were so many times that I'm like, should I bet Houston? Like, What happens when it just starts clicking? And, dude, it just... Was not clicking for Houston whatsoever. Kansas just absolutely dominated. And it's so weird because we at I've kind of been down on Kansas because you we still expect so much more and we haven't seen it. And like this is a I don't want to say this is the first time. This is one of the few times that it's like oh, this Kansas team can actually fuck around and win a natty. And they have the talent. It's just... Yeah, it, we finally saw it click. And this is the danger of this Kansas team, that when it does click, they could fuck up anyone. It's like I said, I don't know what the line is at now, but when Kansas got up to 22-1... to to win the national title. I'm like, you're giving me 22 to 1 odds with the best coach in college basketball. Like, yeah, I jumped all over it. I'm, I guarantee it's down now. But as much as I want to gloat, look, I got a, I got a couple here that I got. That I gotta, I'm going to eat some crow on some of these games. Yeah. I had some big winners. Like, I ended up spreading, like, I ended up spreading, you know, my unit size. So, five units across three books on this Kansas one, like the closer it got, I'm like, dude, there's just no way. There's no way this is going to happen. 
And again, Usain's always like the scary beast that you don't want to fade, but like Fall Gallage is just something different. But let's talk about a loser here. UCF gets it done at home. They beat Oklahoma 74 to 63. They cover the point and a half. This is this should have been something I I should have known better. It wasn't a system play because UCF wasn't favored. It was a point and a half point spread. But it was close enough to being a favorite. Like you have to you should I should have took that. That's a system play for me. A ranked team going on the road and getting points, which they weren't getting points, but it was just it was so close. It was one and a half. I should have took it. I should know better. UCF's a different team at home. Yeah, unfortunately, we went against the trend. I mean, the last couple of weeks, the trends haven't been going in our favor. And, yeah, this was one that I, I kind of kind of upset that I missed. Like, should have seen right through it. But, unfortunately, that's what happens when shit hasn't been going your way. All right, fuck it. Let's do it. I'm. I don't. I've been dreading this moment. BYU eighty six, West Virginia seventy three. My play of the century. My play of the decade. I love that. I actually did not bet as much money as I thought I was gonna bet on it. I um. I had way more money on Kansas on Saturday, but again, that one sucks. Like West Virginia has literally beat better teams at home this season than BYU. And if you take away that last two minutes of the first half and the first couple minutes of the second half, that was basically an even basketball game. But in those four minutes, which are crucial and are giant moments in any basketball game, they just had some terrible shots and let BYU get out in transition. If BYU gets out in transition and you are not awake and you are not guarding those shooters, they will make you pay. BYU, again, we talked about on this podcast, they can win a national title, they could lose to Sanford in the first round by 25. If they're hitting their threes, you're not beating them. I don't think a team in the country is beating UConn could go play BYU. If BYU's hitting their threes, you're not beating them. That's just how it is. And people might like make fun of me and tell me I'm dumb. Like You're not. They... When they're shooting lights out, they're unbeatable. They are so well. Now you're right. And they move the ball so well and share. They didn't even have their 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 center, Ali Khalifa, the Charlotte transfer, who is like a low key Nikola Jokic type guy, like a big guy who stretches the floor a little Here bit, and shares the ball a little bit. Like they didn't even have him, and they still went into Morgantown and got to win. Morgantown had more fans of this basketball game than they had all season long. I can't believe this is not going my way. I lost out on it. I would have won. It was like eight hundred and seventy-eight dollars if BYU won the game outright. Granted, they lost by thirteen. But I did have a decent chunk of change on that spread too, so that one kind of hurts. And I don't get to play my music. Yeah, uh, this is why I tried to warn you. You were so gung ho. I would bet this. this every single time again. Every every time. You give me that number, I'll bet every time. And I mean, I there's nothing else I can say. You've already kind of ate crow on it. You said your piece. I just, yeah, I was worried that this West Virginia team was nowhere near what you kind of thought that they were. So I I was worried. But I thought at the and we did have a chance for the backdoor cover, but I mean yeah, West Virginia just couldn't hit its shots down there. Every the time they got to like seven, like BYU would immediately hit a three and just kill every momentum I had. And I don't get to even play my song. That's what sucks. No, but you just continue to get roasted by JR and I am here for I, it. I still have I st- I'm I'm a BYU guy though, so I do have a, a clip for them though. Hello and welcome to an all new episode of my podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. I am your host, Lisa Ann, and I would like to extend my gratitude to you. Because the Cougars get a victory. Grant, she went to jail today. It's a travesty. You, oh my God, I, you have so many problems. I've been thinking about that play all day. Free my, free our stepmom. And get, and then, and then West Virginia, please cover the spread the next week. 
All right, let's move bad. on here. This one I didn't expect at all. JR in the chat says freer. I think we all agree. We're all we're all mutual in the freer. Can we all agree? Would. Oh god damn it, dude. She's 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 the nation's <laughs> she's the nation's stepmom. I love every single year the graphic that gets tweeted out, like shout out to the real to the real moms on like Mother's Day, and it's just always her. How many beers? Stone cold sober. Oh god. No, we're not I'm not don't bonk me. I'm not getting into that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well it's, I'm a regroup. I'm a regroup. I didn't expect this one at all. Texas seventy seven, TCU sixty six. Texas goes in to TCU and gets a victory by eleven outright. They were getting four and a half points. This Texas team has not been good all season on the road. Now, I eventually did not bet money on this game. But this Texas team actually looked like the talent they actually fucking have on, in there. There's that Texas, again, I've told you a million times, I think they're the most talented team in college basketball. I just think they're poorly coached. They didn't look like it today. Those boys came out to play, or on Saturday. Those boys came out to play, and they got that victory outright against TCU. And that's probably... As long as they just tread water the rest of the season, they're going to make the NCAA tournament. No, yeah. they're And they have the talent and kind of the experience to be somebody you don't really want to see, especially as a, they'll be a lower seed. But, I mean, when Max is hitting his shots like this, God only knows how far this team could go. I think they need to lean into Max a little bit more. Like, a dude's a cold-blooded shooter. Like, he might need to just, like, fully take over this team and kind of go Oral Roberts style and be like, hey, when they go to try to shut down Max, well, guess what? The others that we have are better than, are still, like, the second-best player in this game. So, yeah, I... This Texas team, I every time that I doubt them, they do something to make me think, what can this team full be when everything's clicking? And I'm not ready to say, like, oh, they can make a natty if everything's clicking. They could be a Final Four team, though. But also, like you said, like, how many games are they going to actually have a coaching advantage? Slim it enough. It's again, it's a little similar to that. Grant, I think BYU is a better basketball team, but a team that definitely can make a run in March or lose in the first round in like the dumbest way possible. 1000%. Um, Oklahoma State gets a win outright. They were getting two and a half points at home against the Wildcats, Kansas State. They went 75 to 72. To be honest with you, this game was sandwiched in between some really good games, and I didn't get a lot of eyes on it. I didn't bet it either. I didn't either. I was just hoping that Kansas State was going to find a way to fucking pull out a win, but nope. That's we'll get to some picks later on for tonight and the rest of the week. But man, that's a that's one you really needed. That's going to hurt that res the resume a little bit. Um, Cincinnati yeah. goes into Lubbock, gets a win, seventy five, seventy two. They're getting four and a half points. Wes Miller and the Bearcats, I think, are going to go dancing after this as long as they can keep it. Kind of just kind of tread water a little bit. Um, the Big Twelve, the Big Twelve might get ten teams in. I mean, I think both of these teams are very deserving to be in. That Cincinnati team's got. We use the term "fuck around" energy a lot, and they have a lot of it. It don't, and it doesn't matter. For most teams, it matters when they're at home. No, when they're on the road, they. I mean, we saw them win in Provo, and now you win in Lubbock. Like those are some pretty eye-opening road wins. So, yeah, I don't know how far the Cincinnati team can go, but. I mean, if the matchups are right, they can make a run 
and Texas Tech at the same time, I'm buying into them more and more as, even in this loss. Yeah, I mean, dude, the Big 12 is just like loaded with fucking good coaches. Like Grant McCaslin at Texas Tech right now, is that was a home run fucking hire. He had a guy that was already coaching yeah. in Texas. Um, kind of getting away from his roots a little bit too. Like they play, like dude, North Texas, you remember how the spreads would be like 110 because they played so slow? Mm-hmm. They, he's done a phenomenal coaching job. I really, really like Graham McCaslin. Um, this one sucked. I haven't talked to you about this one. Baylor 70, Iowa State 68. Iowa State gets me the cover, but I bet them live at plus 300 when they were down a little bit. Forgive me, I'm going to butcher this guy's name. He was a four-star recruit. He's a freshman. Milan Momcholich? He's their big he's one he's like their stretch four guy. Drains a dagger game winning three at the buzzer. But got it off maybe like point tenths of a second too late to prevent Iowa State from winning this basketball game. Uh, it was I was celebrating so hard I was going nuts. My dog was scared. She came in here just to find out that it was a little bit too late, and it was. It was the right. It was the right call. I'm glad they got me the cover, but I missed out on a pretty decent payout on a live bet there. So this was on one of the quad screens. I did. I didn't have all my attention on it. I did see Scott Drew getting ejected. What was that about? Um, that again, this was another one that was on a quad screen too. I didn't see the actual call that he got ejected on, but man, he was he he was fired. He was fired. Yeah, up. it takes a lot to get Scott Drew that pissed to the point where that you end up kicking him out of the game. But on his own, yeah. Game. Yeah, exactly. Baylor able to overcome that, but as I mean, a battle that every time that I looked over, it was like, God, that game is just still so close. But I forget there was some, there was another game that was going on at the same. Oh, I had all my do- eyes on Duke UNC at this time. That's what it was. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough loss for TJ Osterberg and the Cyclones, but dude, I'm. This seems a little different from last year. Like they can compete yeah. on the road, and that's gonna be another team where if there's a favorable matchup, like I'm gonna like them to go a long ways in March. Yeah, this year I won't veto it. Well, well, well let's hold on. It's, it's, it's still February the fifth. Yeah, it's still early February. Like if shit happens like last year. Please just take, don't let me, don't let me do what I did last year. That's basically all I ask. Now, let's go to the Big East. I'll try my best. UConn goes into St. John's in Madison Square Garden. I didn't bet this game. I picked on the podcast at five and a half. It ended up closing at three and a half. But UConn gets a victory 77 to 64 against the Red Storm. Dude, that's, I, I know UConn owns Madison Square Garden. But to go, into a hostile territory and still get a double-digit win. I mean, this game was closer than I think the score kind of indicates. Like they, for It was 37-36 at halftime. St. John's was winning. But I don't know what it is that maybe Hurley is the best adjustments at halftime. Because we saw in the tournament last year, Patino with Iona had St. John's on the ropes in that first half, and then the second half, UConn just pulled away. There's something about this UConn team in the second half. It's it, the same as it was last year. They make the correct adjustments, and then you, you, you can't even keep up with them. Dude, he just, I like Dan Hurley, and he won me a lot of money last year. Especially my future, and then just kind of being on board with them like earlier in the year, but man. He is fucking annoying. Like, the way he works the refs, he gets on my goddamn nerves. Like, 
if I was a rep, I don't, but he like, he does. Oh, coming from a Coach K guy. He does it in such a, no, like, Co- okay, Coach K was bad. But Coach K got the pass because <laughs> he's got five national titles. Like, bro, you just got here. You just won one last year. Like, he works the refs so hard without getting a technical, which is an art and is part of coaching. But, man, I wouldn't say this was like a, a game where Hurley outcoached Patino, but, but Patino, this is year one. Like, dude, he, he took over a dumpster fire. And, like, his best players, like David Jones is gone. Soar is over at Wisconsin this year. Like, he brought in a bunch of mid-major guys, and I still think he's doing a fantastic freaking job. And I think the ceiling is super high for St. John's. You just you didn't have the horses in this game, and that's okay. I they're they're gonna go to March. I still think they get into the tournament. But now Lenardi had them as the first team first team out. Yeah, I I do think they get there. Patino's too good of a coach to leave him out. And then the Patino factor. The schedule does open up for them to get some wins. They might not be of the highest quality, but wins matter. Yeah. So, especially if they get your toughest two games, what were they? It was at Marquette and home against Creighton. Yeah. If you can beat Creighton at home, like that should put you in. All right, two quick ones here. Marquette, 91. Georgetown, 57. Just a beatdown. Marquette's really good. Georgetown's really bad. Anything else? Yep. Simple. Here's another one. Xavier, 93. DePaul, 68. Xavier's not going to be a I tournament team. I didn't even team. know this game happened. To be honest, either did I. Xavier's not going to be a tournament team, but DePaul's just so goddamn awful. It doesn't matter. And then Sunday, another kind of a beatdown. I was on this one. Villanova 68, Providence 50. Good win for Kyle Neptune and Villanova. I hope this team gets in because the fact that I, I like mid-majors getting in. The problem that I bitch about is letting like the eighth best team in the tournament that has no name. Like, I want Villanova in the tournament because of the name. Villanova should not be out of the tournament two years in a row. Granted, I don't think Kyle Neptune's really that good of a coach. Um, definitely probably could have got a better hire. But good one here. It was a great spot for him. The four and a half was never in question. They were up 10 plus like very early in this basketball game. Hey, you said it all. Let's go to the Big Ten. Um, I'm on the Big West. Unless you want to handicap the Big West. Fun conference. Nope. Nope. I will say in the Big West, UC Dave, UC San Diego, like you were a D2 school three years ago and you're leading the conference with Santa Barbara and UC Irvine. That's impressive. But we'll go. North, Minnesota, in overtime, beats Northwestern 75-66. to Man, those Gophers are good at home, man. They're 18-3 ATS this season. They're the best ATS school, and I mean, Northwestern was winning this entire game and probably should have won the game outright. North uh, Minnesota storms back right at the end and forces OT. Yeah, they game. were, uh, what was it? Uh, they were nine points down with six minutes left, able to come back, force overtime. Yeah, uh, this Minnesota team's fun. I hope that they find a way to sneak into the tournament because I think they could, I don't know. I'm not saying like far run, but man, that first round, if they get a right matchup, they could end somebody that has high hopes. So yeah, this Minnesota team's fun. And on the plus side, Northwestern just continues to be a fun team. I'm not downgrading them any for this loss. They're still going to be a fun team in the tournament. But, yeah, this was just – it was a great game. Penn State, 85, Indiana, 71. Dude, a back-to-back road spot wins for Mike Rhodes and the Indy Lions. Again, got down 10 and stormed back and won this game convincingly. 
Penn State, again, not a tournament team by any means. They don't no. have the wins. They no. have some bad losses. But Mike Rhodes was a great hire after you lost Micah Shrewsbury. I like this team a lot. Unfortunately, I mean, we're not going to see either of these teams in March, but, like, good win there. Yeah, I mean, I had parlays that had Indiana money line that just killed all of them to start. So that was just a great way to start the day. I fully thought that there was no way Indiana was going to lose in Assembly Hall. And they just absolutely pissed down their fucking leg. And, yeah, that was just... the. I'll, it was kind of disgraceful how they lost that game. Yeah, I didn't see this one coming either, but good one for the Nitty Lions. Um, Rutgers goes into Michigan, gets a victory seventy or 69-59. Surprised to see the uh, Ruggers went away from the rack, but I mean both these teams kind of suck. I mean that was I, Michigan was up nine at half, and then just completely fucked it away. And then lastly, for the Saturday slate, Michigan State gets a win over Maryland, sixty-three to fifty-four. Did not watch this game. Did not great cover. Game. Did not care. Great cover. All right, this one sucks. Well, right, let's do the what? No, we'll just we'll just get into it. This one sucks. Didn't give it out or anything like that. This was a Sunday game. Illinois eighty-seven, Nebraska eighty-four in overtime. Illinois was up ten with three minutes left and get outscored ten to nothing in the last three minutes for Rutgers to force overtime. And then it was just basically Nebraska. back and forth. Or yeah, Nebraska. And then basically it was just back and forth the entire time until Illinois kind of pulled away at the end. That, I mean, it's one of those where it's like it. It wasn't like guaranteed to be on our side, but it's one you like, like the snap of fingers. It was gone. Sucked. You know what I mean? Like it. Yeah. Was, it wasn't every single time they Illinois went down, they'd hit a three. Whether it was uh, Hawkins hit one, and then Shannon hit one. But every single time they'd hit one, Nebraska would go right back down, and they'd end up hitting a three. And then they just started chipping away at it and kind of saw the cover collapse coming, was hoping that, like, all right, well, at least they're going to win in regulation. Nope. Nebraska finds a way to force overtime. Just... Yeah, I I thought this was a great spot to bet Illinois. Turns out that was wrong. Purdue goes into the Kohl Center and gets a dub. They beat Wisconsin 75-69. to This is a back-and-forth basketball game basically the entire way. But Purdue in the last three minutes kind of pulls away. Lance Jones, the Southern Illinois transfer, kind of goes unconscious in the last – four or five minutes of the basketball game. Like, he's been doing this all season long, so it shouldn't be a shocker. But I will say, before I go, like, crazy in on Purdue, for one, Wisconsin's still they're, – they're really good. This is a different Wisconsin team than last year. But Purdue did this the same thing last year. They went into the Cole Center. It's a hard place to win. They got a victory. But, again, this Wisconsin team's a lot better than the uh, team from a year ago. A.J. Sore coming over from St. John's has completely changed the outlook of this. Like, imagine just, like, a bunch of role players that were in Wisconsin last season, and then you just add an alpha who's, like, legit alpha. Like, I mm-hmm. I do like Wisconsin. I do think they have a chance to do some damage at March. But, man, this Purdue team... No, nah, I'm with you. This Purdue team's different from a year ago. And I know we can all draw the comparisons from Virginia losing to a 16 and then winning a national title, which they probably shouldn't have won, which in, in hindsight in the Elite Eight probably should have lost to Purdue. You get a D. Kite, like f- crazy rebound, throws it up, and um, Jerome Hunter hits a jumper to tie it up, and they go, no, 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 no. Kia Clark gets a, a kick out with like three seconds left, and he's on the other side of the – he's like on the opponent – yeah, on the opponent's three-point line. Kicks it over. DKT makes a jumper. They go to overtime and get a win. 
Um, that was against Carson Edwards' team. Like, dude, like, I don't want. I, I we said it though. They their season starts in the tournament, and I understand like all the reasons to say, oh yeah, they're. I mean, Vegas still has them plus eight hundred to win it all. Well, I mean, at the same time, that's basically what they were last year. And what happened? They lost in the first fucking round. I mean, Wisconsin in that first half kind of showed some chinks in the armor. I mean, Edie only had five points in that first half. Granted, then he ends up going off a little bit in that second half. But I don't know. Give me the right matchup, and I could give you a reason why Purdue will lose. But fair. This tournament's gonna be some totally different for them. But I, I, I really do think this team is better than that Virginia team that won the national title. I really like. I will believe it when I see it. <laughs> yeah. No, I get that. Like the addition of Lance Jones and like the jump that Braden Braden Smith is so good. He is such a good point guard, and he's a guy you can trust in March. But again, like it's still Purdue and. That's going to be the one that's going to make a lot of people's brackets when it comes down to it. Like, some people are going to make pick Purdue in the Final Four, and some are going to have them out in the first round. It's just de- dependent on how that team does. That's going to be the most polarizing yep. team come March. Um, let's go to the Pac-12. Yeah. This, this, eh, I don't want to talk about this one, but I have to. Cal 81, Arizona State 66. Uh, Arizona State sucks. I wrote it. They stink. They're bad. They're not a good basketball team. Yeah, no, that was, I, I never saw this score, but that's just disgusting. Bobby Hurley uh, benched Jose Perez like halfway through the game. It was like, dude, I'm done with this Jose Perez experience. As every coach that he's ever played for probably should have done. Because Jose's going to get his, but the team's going to lose. That's just. That's the full Jose experience. Granted, what about this time last year? Arizona State was able to turn it on. That is true. That is but true. I don't know. I don't know about it this year. Yeah, I don't want to spend a lot of time on Arizona State basketball. Bobby Hurley is not a good coach. Like, congratulations, you won two national titles at Duke, but you're—he's a terrible basketball coach. He's more fit for. Yeah, he'll have a job with his brother. Yeah, no, Dan, Danny Hurley was not a better basketball player. But he's a way better coach, and their dad was a better coach. Bobby Hurley is not a good basketball coach. This one made my heart happy. Wazoo goes into Washington in their the makeshift basketball apple cup and gets a victory, ninety to eighty seven. Max Rice and the Cougars are right on that bubble now. They're. Like the turn, the season ended today. They would be one of the most like polarizing bubble teams. Like some people are gonna have them in, some people are gonna have them out. They they got a good shot here. Let my Cougars in. Let them in. This team, a lot of fun to watch. Um, granted, I wish it was a little bit of an easier win at Washington, but still. This Washington team at home plays a lot tougher. Yeah, I mean, but, basically winning any game and like on the road in college basketball, you can chalk up as like, hey, good win. Unless you're playing like IUPUI yes. or something like that. Um, yes. Another one, easy handicap. Both locked it up. UCLA 71, Oregon 63. Oregon's full is gold. They're not good. Don't let them in the tournament. Don't want to see them. Yep. I think Dan Altman's a great coach. This is this is not the team. They stink. Mm-mm. Utah seventy three, Colorado sixty eight. Pulled in my heartstrings. I love both teams. Um, I just enjoy this game, but Utah gets the cover against the Buffs. Um, Buffs, don't fuck around too much, man. You're getting the tournament. Yeah, I think one already had them firmly under the bubble. Yeah, eight shit in this one though. I'll tell you what. USC eighty two. Oregon State 54, that Wayne Tinkle magic of 2021 is not back. They suck. 
Yeah, yeah. Good at home. I did not see this score <laughs> at all. They're good at home. Yeah, that's just yeah. That's a, yeah. that's my handicap. They're good at home. Um, and then on Sunday, Arizona, eighty-two, Stanford seventy-one. Stanford was in control most of this basketball game. Arizona pulls away late, but they still get the cover for me at plus eighteen. Um, Stanford's a little bit of like. USC's kryptonite. They've been playing like they play them tough every single time. All right, let's go to the SEC, Connor, because we got some bragging to do. Because I think we might have swept this. Easy one. Start off LSU ninety-five, Arkansas seventy-four. We were all over on the show. Must has quit on the team. LSU's better basketball team than the record. Game wasn't even close. Like they were. LSU was immediately up ten, like from the jump. Yeah, I mean, what more can we say? We were right. Um, Not a sweep, because I gave this one out, but I didn't bet it. I didn't lock this one up. Fucking South Carolina, dude. They go into Athens, Georgia, and get a victory, 72-62. to Georgia was actually favored in this basketball game. Don't really know why the Gamecocks continue to win games, but they are 18-3 and three and they are ranked 20th in the country. I really don't think this team's that good, but they're super well coached. I love Lamont Parrish. Um, if I were to pick a side, though, I still would have took Georgia at home. Yeah, I'm pretty sure at one point, Georgia was... I'm trying to figure out when it was. They were up pretty big in that first half and then just slowly started to fall apart. Don't I don't let me bet South Carolina to make it to the final four because there's something about this team that I'm like, eh, they can make a run. And at the same time, I know Could they though? They, they might they, not have the talent. They've went on the road and beat Georgia, which like whatever. They also just went on the road to Knoxville and beat Tennessee. This is a goddamn good basketball team, but I just refuse to believe it because I see the talent on the court and, like, I know all of these guys and y'all aren't that good. They continue to get better. Exactly. They just know how to play as a team. And it's just that, like, some point in the tournament, we're going to be like, that talent gap's going to show. But. Dude, they could fuck somebody's tournament up. 1,000%. Um, Vanderbilt gets a dub against Missouri, 68-61. Dennis Gates and the Tigers, I'm sorry. This was your last shot to get a win this season after going to the tournament last year and being a seven seed. Disappointing second season, but I don't know. Texas A&M, 67, 4-66. Florida gets the cover, but... Buzz Williams and the Aggies survived. They needed this one if they're going to have any shot at making the tournament. Yeah, I forget what they were down in this game. I It was on one of the side screens for me, and I just kept seeing like Texas A&M's chipping away at that lead. And then next thing I know, like Texas A&M's going for the win. Florida, multiple, multiple opportunities to win that game. And just couldn't get any of those last shots to fall. And they got like three offensive rebounds and just could not get the win. Auburn goes into Ole Miss and gets a victory 91 to 77. Ole Miss was controlling this game. I, Absolutely. I like 80, 85, 90% of the way. But Auburn pulls away late. Yeah. And this dude, this Ole Miss team, like, don't. They're going to make the tournament because it's just some, like, Chris Beard kind of, like, fluffed up that schedule a little bit. But the fact that they're going to make the tournament and then we can't get two Missouri Valley schools in just just rubs me the wrong way. Like, this team is not good. Yeah, I was, I thought Ole Miss was going to end up just keeping the lead and I was going to be prepared to come on here and be like, yeah, I don't know about this Auburn team, but I mean, they fucking came back and 
not even just one, one convincingly. Just, yeah, that was that was something else. Unfortunately, and then Alabama blitzes <laughs> Mississippi State. The Alabama's so good at home. They covered eight and a half. They went ninety nine yep. to sixty seven. Alabama that good at Alabama home. every time they're at home. And then lastly, the big one in the SEC, Tennessee goes into Lexington, gets a victory, 103-92. They were underdogs. I did not understand this. I was all over the volunteers. Kentucky's super talented, kind of similar to Duke, but they just don't play any defense. And I was super impressed more with Tennessee that Rick Barnes is able to bring a team on the road and get a victory just like they did after dropping a game to – South Carolina at home. Don't let me pick Tennessee to go to the Elite Eight. I mean, you're talking to somebody that already bet on them to win the Natty, dude. I, but I get, I totally get it. Like they have a guy, they have not had a guy like Dalton connect in forever. And do you know he's no, and they have experience everywhere else. You know, like all these guys have been here for three to four years, and they just added this. Random Northern Colorado transfer they had no expectations for. He's going to be a lottery pick. Mock draft. Some mm-hmm. mock drafts have him like in the top six. Yeah. Which I don't it's, it's crazy. Again, I mean, that tournament show is going to be fun, but. Granted, once, once March rolls around, that's when I'll start to get a little bit worried because of Rick Barnes. But, hell, then. God only knows how far this Tennessee team could go. All right, that basically recaps all the big games from the weekend. Um, did you look at any of the slate from Tuesday? Absolutely not. All right, well, let's look at some games here that opened. Surprisingly, South Carolina is laying three and a half points at home versus Ole Miss. It dropped. It opened at four and a half. Hmm. I hmm. I would suggest people to bet the Gamecocks. I'm not touching this game because every time I touch a South Carolina game, it burns up. So I'm going to steer clear of that one. Um, I looked at some other ones here. Oh, this one. You're going to hate me. But I saw the line. I'm going to lay the six points of Ohio State against Indiana at home. Stop it. First off, you can get five and a half. Yeah, but no, 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 he can't. can't I want want it. I want it. Um, I will say just like no research or anything like that. I don't know. Maybe taking a shot on uh, that's right. I was going to say North Carolina. At home against Clemson, but that's that's too much. Um, Do we take Lisa Ann and the Cougars out on the road, at Oklahoma? Give me give me Minnesota plus three and a yes, half yes, at that, home I against that one. Michigan State. I missed that one. Yes, hundred percent. Already bet it. Actually, I'm just like scrolling through action and have bets. Already bet it. Take the Gophers at home. They're one of the best ATS teams. I don't know if they've lost or not covered a spread at home all season long. They, I think, one, only one. Then I don't hate that BYU one, and I don't hate. Wait, and you're saying beyond BYU? Yeah, I don't mind betting BYU plus or minus one. And then the other one in the Big Twelve, I, I think I would take the points that Iowa stay at home against Texas. Texas letdown spot after a big win on the road at TC or at TCU. And Iowa State's traveled well. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I don't know. I don't know if I'm willing to touch um, that one. I haven't got honestly. I haven't got enough time to digest this. There's a lot of road favorites I like, but that scares. I will me. say, Houston minus twenty and a half against Oklahoma I State. I fell for it against West Virginia, and they beat him by a hundred. <laughs> That's what scares me. Um, to be honest, I'll I'll tweet some of these out. 
Like, I'll, I'll look this over a little bit because, like, even, like, Texas – like, why is Baylor laying six points at home against Texas Tech? Are they really three points better or neutral? I would say no. Oh, no. So, like, I'll, I'll tweet these out. At C. Mitchell Hoops, you can follow me there. Or at Degenerate CFB, that is Connor. There's a lot of talking, a lot of recapping, a lot of fun. Um, if you're hearing this before 9 o'clock, I already I, – I took Kansas State. I don't know why. I'm prepared to hurt, but it's a spot there. And I'm surprised you're not backing your boy, Jerome. Uh, He want to talk about must. Looks like he's got foot out. I mean, you've said it. Jerome Tain looks like he's got foot out. If they get the fucking shit kicked out of him tonight, then I will 100% believe it. And I've watched him get out coached four or five times this season, but for some reason, I think tonight's the night. Maybe. Until then, we will see you guys on – actually, no, no, no. We're going to see you guys on Wednesday. We're going to do a college football offseason recap. It's going to be a long one. Connor's going to be talking for like two and a half hours. We're going to go dive into basically all the coaching moves, all the transfer news. Don't think we have realignment, but it's going to be a full like wrap-up of the college football season. So, Right, Wednesday? Yep. Yep. And until then, we'll see you guys. We're out of here. Thanks.